Hey guys, and welcome to Adrian Has Issues. Naturally, I'm Adrian, as per usual, and this is fun. Like, I, I haven't actually done a show in a while because thanks to injuries and illnesses, I've been, like, eking out little mini-episodes just to let people know that I'm not dead. But, um, I, I guess I'm back with a semi-vengeance. Um, not, not all that vengeful, but anyway. Not screaming for vengeance. No, I mean, this isn't the Judas Priest album, which I can't wear the assless chaps. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Rob Halford, but damn, I couldn't pull off those outfits. Yeah, that is not an image I need to think of on this audio podcast. Oh, see, the problem is it's already there. I'm a visual person. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the other voice of the man who's now ruined my day <laughs> <laughs> is a good friend of mine and also the host of his own podcast, Club Kayfabe, which is all about wrestling and other sort of things that are pretty awesome. Ladies yeah, all sorts of weird stuff. All sorts of weird stuff. Uh, without further ado, uh, Pat McDermott. Pat, how's it going, man? Pretty awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. I know we've been trying to hook this up for a long time, and then today I got a message from you. You said, hey, I know there's short notice. Want to be on my show? I said, fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it like it was almost a month ago, and I realized like I kind of didn't do much in the way of like podcasting at a time. Like, he probably thinks I'm a liar. We- <laughs> We're like DC starting their own uh, continuity in their universe. We're like, we're going to do this. <laughs> Any minute, it's going to happen. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. It'll happen. And then we just don't talk to each other for a month. And then it's like, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm kind of sleepy. Okay. <laughs> it's like, leave me alone. I have a headache. <laughs> Which, oh, God. I don't even know where to get started. I guess we should probably like intro you to figure out who you are and... Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because I was going to get into it. It's like, wow, that Batman Superman teaser was terrible, but... <laughs> no, let's get into that first. Okay, you know sure. what? Screw you, Pat. I don't care what, you, what you know, you're doing in your life. Let's get into this teaser, because I haven't really talked to um, anybody about this. What did you, what did you think? Because everybody already knows how I feel. Um, it Well, it's the most excited I've been about a Superman movie probably ever. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't care for Man of Steel. Um... Didn't care for Superman Returns, although I love Brandon Routh. I think he's awesome. I was never a fan of the original Superman Superman movies, but this one's kind of got me hyped. And But the only thing I don't know about is Batfleck. I'm kind of still – I'm not sure how I feel about Batfleck yet. I've kind I of realized today that I think I know why I don't know how, how to feel about it. The shot that? of him in a trailer plus the picture they released recently, like he looks – Bored. Yeah, he looked like a very bored Bruce Wayne. They showed like one little clip of Bruce, right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm so rich. I'm counting, s- Ben, counting. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> he's like, are we ready to go, Gus? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be like the older, like weary, like I've been at it. Because he's like, what, semi-retired? Or is he completely retired in this movie? Yeah, he's uh, 20 years in, I think. We're just like, yeah, I'm Batman. I'm the night. I'm darkness. Wait, All it's, that. it's only twenty years. I think it's only twenty years. Yeah, I could be wrong. I don't like. Wow. I mean, I, I guess in Ben Affleck years, because I'm thinking of comic books where he's been doing it for like fifty, sixty years. No, I'm sorry, it's over seventy-five now because he recently had like an anniversary. Um, he's been doing it for nearly eighty years. So I keep forgetting. Um, yeah, people don't age that way. There's that weird Mallrats tie-in though, where the robot voice goes. I'm going to screw you someplace very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then Superman, of course, goes. I like the Beckmo Volkswagen? <laughs> yeah. That's the Superman movie I want to see. Here we go. Well, That's what that we should scene. do. Have Kevin Smith, like, and not even just direct it, like, but just 
have the DC characters take over like parts of you know other movies, like basically have DC superheroes redo his other movies. Oh, I want I want to see Kevin Smith direct Tim Burton's Superman. That's what I want to see. I want to see that really happen with the with the S's or the S that comes off in the blades for no apparent reason. And looking back, we all have said, "Oh man, we dodged a bullet," but that could have very well have been the greatest superhero movie of all time. Edward Superhands. <laughs> See, I'm thinking like we had to have clerks, but it has to be like I don't know, like maybe like Damian Wayne and like Nightwing <laughs> running a convenience store. <laughs> and like the whole time they're just talking about like you know which members of the Justice League they'd sleep with, and you know they go attend like uh, another Justice League member's funeral, and someone knocks the casket over. So base just the entire plot of Clerks, nothing has really changed. It's the same exact script, but just two superheroes. Right, or at least each character is played by another superhero. And I'm trying to think, who would we get for maybe, like, I, I don't know, who doesn't really talk a lot? I guess maybe, like, someone like Martian Manhunter, maybe, as the Silent Bob? <laughs> yeah, well, who would be his Jason Muse? All right, who's, oh, what's his name? The one that's always on drugs. Oh, is it Arsenal? <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> I don't know, I only really know... Arsenal from watching Arrow, not so much from the comics. But who was the guy? Um, we I talked about this recently, and I should know this, but there was a guy in um, DC. I think it might have been Arsenal who was like strung out on drugs, and he was swinging around his dead cat that he thought was his like deceased child. I don't. It, it was weird. Well, he's not on that Marakuru anymore. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't watch Arrow. Oh. Oh, my Arrow references. Wasted. Well, no, make the references and I'll look cool in comparison. Because right. then people will be like, hey, that guy he likes Arrow. You don't. I'll listen to this more. <laughs> well, Adrian, I guess I have to say then you have failed this podcast. Oh, see, I actually get that reference. See? Okay. Only because it's on the t-shirt. <laughs> you know, I have a t-shirt that has that, has the Arrow crest, says you have failed this city. And it worked the other day I was wearing it. And someone came around the corner and they read it and they said, no, no, I haven't. What? <laughs> yes, they thought my shirt was talking to them in particular. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And they didn't, it wasn't even like, you know, tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, you know, I'm going to play along with this shirt, which clearly is not a reference to me. Right, right, right. No, it just matter-of-factly, I was taller than the person, so they came up to my chest where the crest is on the T-shirt, and they read it, and they said, oh, no, 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 I haven't. And then kept on about their business. And I said, okay, and moved along. All right. Well, I was going to say, how are things in a crazy house? Um, things are always crazy. Well, see, for those of you who don't know, I'm basically, what would you say, like this health food fanatic freak. I don't know. That's one way of putting it. So I work in a health food store. I actually co-manage that health food store. And it's an awesome thing to do because I'm helping people eat better and basically sharing my story. Uh, which, without getting too far into it, um, through DDP Yoga, I've lost over 85 pounds in the last three years That's and crazy. changed my life around. Thank you. And I, I've, I've reaffirmed everything in my entire life, and I'm starting to build um, a life out of basically starting over again at zero. So that's a lot about me. Um, other than that, there's a lot of wrestling talk, um, as you could Probably, I don't know if you heard, this is my brand new toy. This is my Yeti USB microphone, and I love it. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> and um, so 
so I, I do the Club Kayfabe podcast. I'm going to be launching my own podcast again. Well, I did. I launched a podcast at one point. It's called Dead Icated, which is a brand that I've been tinkering with for a long time. But um, here was my problem. I used to do DDP yoga while watching it on my laptop screen. And then I decided to do a handstand one day, not realizing where my laptop was in comparison to where I was handstanding. And I came down with my foot, cracked the laptop, and destroyed it. Oh, so shit. That, that sucks, put my, dude. That put my podcast on hiatus for over a year. So I'm just coming up with reasons to do it. It's just going to be um, you know, an inspirational type of podcast, uh, a little thought introspective. You know, none, none of this awesome comic stuff going on, just you know, real-world issues. Who cares? Um, well, no, I think that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, there's nothing wrong with comics as they look at like the three stacks of comics and go around my computer. <laughs> but no, I guess, you know what, though? That is pretty cool because, I mean, I'm all for the comedy podcast and, you know, the comics and stuff like that. But yeah. I guess, I mean, granted, I don't know it only because I don't really listen to them. But I mean, if you can do take that same format and really kind of, I guess, help, you know, make a positive change for somebody, I mean, go for it, dude. Awesome. That's definitely what I want to try to do. I, I hope it works out. Um, but that said, I love this podcast. I listen to this podcast. Thanks. I appreciate it. Wait, you guys hear that? Someone listens. So, um, <clears throat> look. I am I am one of the three, four, five listeners? Probably. I think you're at least definitely one of the three. So, I, it's all appreciated. All right. But I guess coming back, because now, of course, I'm trying to go into like our history. How long have we actually known each other? It's been, what, five years? feels longer than that i don't know because technically i don't know did i meet you at one of the pay-per-views was it i don't even remember how that happened yeah i don't know we i i know we met through uh through will definitely who is the my co-host for ignoring movies shameless plug shameless plug Ooh, there we go and which i haven't (laughs) listened to yet so i'm not one of the two fans yet (laughs) you probably will just by hitting play it on soundcloud but I know you did a Ghost Rider episode, and uh, Ghost Rider is my least favorite Marvel franchise because it was one of my favorite Marvel franchises until Nicolas Cage ruined it. So I will have to listen to that one. I think I, you did do that, right? Yeah, we did. I'm not do just Ghost making Rider. that up. Okay, good. I was going to say I want to talk about podcasts doesn't exist, and you're like, shit, Will, we got to do this on Friday. <laughs> but we gotta make it. He's not even available, and I had to like throw my voice. <laughs> <laughs> we have to retroactively record this podcast. It's like, here, just say these response lines, and they just go with it. It's like, what? <laughs> it just sounds like you throwing your voice. Um, but yeah, we met at some some wrestling pay-per-view, probably where Triple H had the title, because he had it for God knows how long, and we would always complain. I remember one time the uh, the police were actually called a check on us because Triple H retained the damn title. That's right, because I, I forgot about that. Well, that might have been one of the first meetings. It was definitely up there. Only because I do remember sitting in what was the equivalent of a lawn chair with my back to the screen door of my best friend's house. And everybody's talking. And I didn't realize we were all that raucous. I thought we were kind of well-behaved considering that Triple H always wins the freaking title. (laughs) And next thing you know, everybody stops talking and the screen door opens up and I see a light at the back of my head. I'm like, oh, God, it's it's the police, aren't they? Oh, yeah, over... Oh, I'm sorry, you got to tell the story, because I think you tell the story far better than I can. Oh, my God. So, wait, what part of the story? Wait, I don't know if you remember, because I do remember, because he's asking us what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
He was pissed that Triple H retained the title, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, really? He still has it? Okay, I just want to make sure no one's underage drinking in here. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay, because okay, I'd imagine, I'd assume what happened was somebody called, I think it was probably his neighbor, my friend's neighbor called the cops on us, I guess figuring we were making too much noise. So he opens the door, and we're all sitting down in various seating or whatever. Um, our mutual friend Jason, um, his child, was that was his first kid, right? Yeah, and we're calmly discussing the outcome of the pay-per-view as we uh, wear our monocles and such, as most wrestling fans yes, tend to do. it's a gentleman's sport. Right, right. But anyway, there's a baby lying on the floor, like, you know, on like a nice little blanket, or it might have been like a small crib or something. But clearly, we're not loud enough that this child is awake and screaming. Right. So However, he- our neighbors <laughs> are wide awake and can't fall asleep. <laughs> on Completely Sunday, disrupting. Lord's Day, clearly disrupting their daily prayers. <laughs> But and then it's like you know he comes in and of course he's like looking around to make sure that we're all like of age, which I guess you kind of had to do because you know we were imbibing beer and other spirits I suppose. But then well, he just proceeds. Y'all were. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, you don't drink because well you're yeah, better than me Mr. at least. Straight edge. <laughs> which you know what though? Congratulations for still being edge, but not annoyingly so. <laughs> yeah, you know I never thought telling people you shouldn't drink because I don't or something like, you know, I never got that. It's just, it's not for me. It's cool. I hang around with you guys. We have a great time and I don't have to drink. Which, it's that simple. I do. I do think though, was it new year's Eve? I can't remember. One of the new year's Eve, one of the parties, like I remember you bought like this really awesome, like vegetable platter. And I'm like, this is so pat. Like this, is, <laughs> like he shows up with like kale and like uh, vegetable this, platters. This freaking and- neo hippie. Showing up with his kale, and then you you, <laughs> you thought one of my my um, stevia sweetened root beers was a beer. At that <laughs> point, you... I was pretty much gonna drink anything you handed me, and I was not looking forward to that at all. It was quite gross. <laughs> I, normally, if I knew what it was at first, I probably would have been like, "Okay, I'll try this." But the thing is, I pretty much like snatched it, cracked it open. And was downing it like it was a beer, and just like, oh my god, this tastes nothing like I planned. No, I I remember um, there was like a vegetable tray, just like cooked vegetables on a table. I was like, oh yeah, I can eat. <laughs> You're like, so huff. excited because I'm like, wait, Pat's here. Quick, hide the food because he's gonna kill us. <laughs> like I just imagined you coming into the party, like. Jesus in the temple kind of thing, just knocking over tables because there's, like, <laughs> processed foods and there's, like... There's gluten on these tables! Arnold's carbs, get rid of those! It's like, these are empty calories! Ah! <laughs> I just imagine you're kind of like the health food version of Rhoda the Accused. <laughs> you just stand there with this giant hammer, like, waxing, like, pseudo-poetic about the fact that, like, you know... <laughs> People have wronged you? Holy shit. Like, anyway, I think... I feel that... like I should be, like, fanned off with giant kale leaves. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is awesome. But, yeah, like, I think that was probably one of the times, like, we really kind of, like, bonded. And that's... Well, see, and I feel bad because since we kind of weren't doing those regularly, at least I wasn't attending them, I kind of fell off on wrestling because at least you and, like, Jason, I guess by definition, Will, were the ones that, you know, kind of kept me up to speed on what was going on but since that stopped being a regular thing on my end 
I have no idea what's going on. And, like, Twitter, like, blows up with wrestling on, like, Monday and Sunday nights. And they have Do no- they really? I, see, I don't understand Twitter still. I have a Twitter. My Facebook just imports everything to my Twitter. And that's how I keep up on Twitter. I'm just like, this post to here, and I'm done. I don't understand Twitter. What is it? Well, hold on. What is there to, like, are you, like, actually missing out on? Oh, I guess I just, I don't care to follow what everyone says so i don't see when it blows up and what's trending i i guess I oh guess i mean i don't know if it actually trends or not but i do know for a fact that at least the people i follow um oh, okay. especially like the comic book people because i guess in a way maybe you can attest to this where wrestling almost it seems like a weird like cousin of comic like books live comic book yeah. almost um i get that and i actually read an article i forget who who had said that the other day but um, oh, no, it was on the WWE Network, actually. It was a special with Corey Graves, who's one of the NXT guys who actually got a concussion, and they he got several, I think, and they tested him, and he was unable to return to the ring, so he's doing commentary, and he's doing all this side work now. So one of the things he did was he went to Marvel, and they took him around this big tour, and they, and that's what he talked about, as well as the representatives from Marvel. Is like, it's so cool, because the WWE are like these live-action comic characters, and then they talked about Brock Lesnar versus the Hulk, which I would actually pay to see. I don't know if I would, only because I feel like as Hulk-like as Brock Lesnar is, I think it would take one punch and he's dead. <laughs> Here's a man who swings tanks around like tennis balls. But I we're, guess there is Again, we're talking about Brock Lesnar or the Hulk, because I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he could swing tanks around like tennis balls. But see, the thing is, now, I'm thinking Brock Lesnar way back when, during, like, you know, the old SmackDown days, and he was a monster then. Yeah. And, okay, I'm trying to, like, refresh remember. I well, know he was gone for a while. He did, what, like, MMA? He did MMA. Well, first he left WWE to play football and basically never got signed to a team and roughed up everybody else and realized that there's no I in team. So then he went to a sport where there is an I. That's UFC. <laughs> Because you're just brutalizing people. He's like, Mr. Lesnar, I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, you didn't really run the drills right, but we do appreciate the efficiency in which you, you know, threw somebody through a table. Um. (laughs) The efficiency at which you decimated every member of your own team. (laughs) So, yeah, he became UFC champion, and then he had um, some gastro issue where he had to have, like, half his intestine removed. Holy shit. Yeah. And um, he came back to WWE on this huge, huge deal where he only does minimal appearances and makes more money than anybody on the roster. But at the same time, they built up... Like, Brock Lesnar is this larger-than-life entity now. Like, when he shows up, you know shit's about to get wrecked. And the, the, so they know how to use him. They know how to, like, how to book Brock Lesnar correctly. But I also guess since a lot of the guys nowadays are smaller because of the lack of um, steroids and things like that and the wellness policy. Um, Brock Lesnar looks a lot bigger in comparison to them. So I think now like he's just awe-inspiring as compared to when everybody was jacked up. Now, actually, going back real quick, because I, um, I have noticed that the few times I have maybe caught wrestling on TV, because you mentioned something about this wellness thing. Like, what is it just as far as they're not allowed to get like a certain weight, or what does that entail? Well... It's, you know, I don't know how legit it is sometimes because supposedly the wellness policy is you have like three violations and you're fired. Oh. So, yeah. So some people have had violations where they get tested consistently. But people like like Randy Orton, for example, had 
two strikes against him, but he's one of the biggest stars in the company. And then, like, I think he had another thing that was technically a strike, and then they changed the rules of what what's affected, whether it's steroids or um, THC or whatever they're testing for at that time. So it's it's kind of interesting how like a top top guy, something like that, will get swept under the rug. Whereas that's what worked great before they pissed off CM Punk and he left because Punk was straight edge. He was never going to fail a drug test. Simple as that. Yeah, because that's a thing. Because I remember CM Punk for a time, and this is even going back to when I was at least following it, was, you know, was like a household name. And I even now, like, people are still kind of, I wouldn't say distraught, because I feel like maybe that's a little hyperbolic, but people are, like, still really bummed out that he's not really involved with the uh, with WWE at all, much less yeah. wrestling. I mean, uh, and I can't say I blame him either. I Punk... I, I liken Punk's attitude similar to mine, where like he realized he wasn't going to get where he wanted to get, so he said, "Okay, fine, I'm leaving." Because basically, what they, what the word is that they wanted to do, among other things, I don't know if you ever heard the interview he did with Colt Cabana, where he talked about the MRSA infection on his back. Oh no! Uh, You'll have to spell this all out for me, because hold on, this is getting interesting. Okay, so um, what he said was that he had this um, this growth or or like this deposit on his back and um so he would go out to wrestle and he'd come back and he's like i don't know what this is i don't know what this is and the doctor said oh you know just take a z-pack you'll be fine and so three months later he's still taking z-packs and this thing is still there and he's he's feeling fatigued and feeling worn out and so then he took some time off he went to his own doctor actually i think this was after he quit because after the royal rumble that year, the last appearance of CM Punk is him getting eliminated in the Royal Rumble um, last year, two years ago. Oh, that sucks. Whatever it was, but yeah, so he and he was eliminated by Kane, who was like a million years old, and <laughs> so that was the last time we saw him. And uh, he did this interview with Colt Cabana, and he talks about how um, he went to his own doctor afterwards, actually his wife's doctor, and the guy is like, "How are you alive?" He goes, "What do you mean?" He's like, "This is a MRSA infection." And so this guy who's telling him it was just calcium deposits and giving him Z-Packs, who's the WWE's on, you know, on-task doctor, <laughs> just got in hot water because this guy had a freaking MRSA infection. Jesus. And, and uh, Wait, now, so, did they know that and then just kind of sweep it under the rug? Or were they just that incompetent? I think, you know, I, I don't know what the story is on that. To me, it seems like the doctor never communicated with the higher-ups and the higher-ups, you know... Unfortunately, CM Punk, it, here's, here's where it didn't work for him. He's one of those guys who will make his own name, and he, he also owns his own name. WWE, last time they tried to re-sign him, wanted to own the name CM Punk, and he basically said, no, no, you can't own my name, because once I leave here, if I leave here, if I choose for any reason to leave, I still earn, earn the right and deserve the right to make a living. So he didn't sell his name to them, and they always kind of kept him below... The other people who, like, you know, they own John Cena, they own Daniel Bryan, they own this guy's name, they own that guy's name for merchandising and whatever. And uh, so he felt like he was always below, like, second tier. Like, you know, like, he had The Rock and Stone Cold, and then there was, like, Mick Foley. He felt like, I think he felt like he was that type of guy where he was, like, in the main event, but not the main eventer because he wanted to main event WrestleMania and... So he said, you know, before WrestleMania, before he left at the Royal Rumble, he said, okay, I really want a main event. I want to headline WrestleMania. And then Triple H goes, oh, well, 
you'll face me at WrestleMania. And he goes, no, no, I want the main event. He's like, that is a main event. You're facing me. He's like, no, no, the main event. There's one main event. Right, like, that's weird. And maybe because, from what I understand from CM Punk is, he seems less of a... I don't know. I don't know how to say it because it all kind of sounds like I'm like poking holes at him, and I'm not. But it's, I guess he was a more of an individual than I think an organization like right, WWE right. would, no, would exactly. allow. He's uh, but that you know what though? That's the thing too, in my opinion, personally, and I that's why I kind of relate to him. He's he's like the rebel, you know, and but he's the the legit rebel. He's not like he's not like you're putting John Cena out there and John Cena's feuding with the authority and you're like oh john cena such a rebel no like punk's a legit rebel everything about him screams it. i mean from his tattoos to his attitude from the way he you know that promo that he caught and where people go oh it was script you know i don't i still don't believe it was scripted i think they told him to go out there talk to a certain point then they were gonna cut off the microphone and that was it but i mean that that's what that and he drew because he was a rebel i mean if he were just you know if they're like, oh, well, we're going to change your name to Chester No Drugs and bring you up to the <laughs> roster. Like, how do you think that would have went over? I'm sorry. To part of me kind of wishes there was a character named Chester No Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, Just wait till the next Straight Edge guy gets in developmental. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I wonder. Like, I can't imagine that, like, Vince McMahon or somebody's in, like, a meeting saying, that's it. No more Straight Edge people. Like, just. <laughs> No more scrawny people with tattoos. <laughs> if he's got an X on the back of his hand, no. No deal. I, well, I remember when they first were going to bring him up. It, there's always there's always that manipulation, uh, political backlash in WWE. Because Punk originally, he had, like, blonde hair. Did he and, really? Yeah, he had, like, blonde hair with, like, some black streaks in it, I believe. And then they had him dye his hair black because Triple H said, Oh, I can't have anybody looking like me because uh, then people will get confused. Wait. This really does speak volumes to the the um, intelligence level of Triple H, which, if he somehow listens to this podcast, I did not say this, don't come to my house, please do not kill me. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, that guy's still a monster, whether he's smart or not. But no, he, being- he's a monster, and he's, he's really smart, and especially at protecting his brand. But what's funny now is Triple H has short hair. He cut all that hair off. Really? Yeah, God, a, I have, wow, I feel like the old guy who's still like, hey guys, remember one, two, three, kid? Like, I didn't even know he cut his hair, holy shit. <laughs> you're like, you're like, remember the night Hulk Hogan turned on everyone? <laughs> I do remember that night, and that was the day I didn't necessarily weep, but I, I clearly, it was like, okay, this is not the wrestling I remember, because... <laughs> a little part of you died. A little bit, that, like, the guy from... That little Suburban Hulkamaniac Co- inside you. The the guy from Suburban Commando and No Holds Barred? Like, why? Why would you do this? <laughs> why would you do... Oh, God. Why would you do this, Thunder in Paradise? Why? <laughs> was that the one with the boat? That was Knight Rider boat, yeah. Oh, so it was Night Boat from The Simpsons. <laughs> Someone actually watched the Night Boat bit from The Simpsons and made a TV show based on it. Starring Hulk Hogan. Which you can, which I remember walking into Walmart one time and seeing Hulk Hogan's face plastered across a DVD. It said Thunder in Paradise, the complete series. And I was like, no, why is this out? (laughs) At the same time, I was like, I probably have to buy this, but I didn't. It's like, what are you going to do, brother, when this rudder runs wild? I cut. I can't do this, guys. Come on, really? (laughs) What are you going to do, Bodomania? There we go. That's what they should have called the show, Bodomania. (laughs) 
and made the boat yellow with like you know boat America. Put some red stripes on it, right? Some red lightning bolts, maybe that would have been cool. And plays a song. What was it? The one like was a true American? Remember the hell that real thing? American, real American. Fight for the rights of every man. Oh, speaking of which, on the WWE Network, they put up the old Saturday morning Hulk Hogan cartoons. Yes. Now, see, what is it, $10 a, a month? Yep. Nine ninety nine. Damn it, now I'm going to have to just subscribe just to watch those, because holy shit, that's Oh, amazing. it was free last month. You should have watched. I wish shit. I would have told you. Yeah. They do free months every other month or three, something like that. So next time there's a free month, I'll let you know. <laughs> Triple H, don't listen to this. <laughs> don't kill me please <laughs> he just wants to try it out that's all but uh that's crazy with cm punk but i mean it's funny we talk about wrestling and comics because he actually wrote one of the annuals for um thor and he's currently gonna be working on the um ongoing drax the destroyer series so <laughs> you know it's funny um and and he's also signed to ufc so he's gonna be debuting his here. yeah that was huge news. I'm surprised you didn't hear about that through some sort of somebody's Facebook or other. I probably um, didn't know it, but my memory is horrible these days. But he said, you know, uh, it's kind of sad because I think WWE kind of burst his bubble and made him turn his back on wrestling. But he said, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight. And he's like, whether I'm the he said, whether I'm the best or not in the wrestling world is irrelevant because I'm only as good as they want me to be. He said right. here in UFC, if I'm kicking somebody's ass. Or if I lose, I'm as good as I am. So I, I kind of I, I appreciate that, and I, I've always admired the guy for things like that. But um, it sucks because they they really kind of soured the dude on wrestling. But um, I, I remember seeing a meme when he left, and it was like Vince McMahon was like, "Good luck finding a job," and it was just punk because uh, he wrote one of the female Thors, I think, as well, right? Yeah, I think that was it. And it was like a picture of punk at Marvel. So that was that was pretty great. But how funny is it, though, that CM Punk is writing a comic character who was just recently made popular by Dave Bautista? <laughs> and that was a shocker, too, because... Oh, he was so good in that role. He was. Well, granted, I mean, he's a blunt instrument, much like Drax, so it was inspired. Yeah, but, I mean, the fact that he could... I mean, the way I felt, like, he really... He had fun with the role, and I think that's what it is. I never got that side of Bautista during his WWE run. Oh, never. Not in a million years. And, uh, you know, I I thought he was... I mean, that was a great movie altogether, but I thought he was one of the highlights that I was not expecting. Yeah, his lines to me, like... I mean, don't get me wrong. There are great moments in that movie. And a lot of them, of course, are, like, the obvious. You could tell I'm supposed to be laughing at these jokes. But half of his, like, you almost don't hear because he's just, it's so just dry, so deadpan. Like, he really was one of the best parts of that movie. (laughs) And you could tell from, like, the, I didn't follow him, but some people from, like, the podcast were, you know, retweeting his tweets, um... During like premieres, and he looked like here's here's a guy who, of course, you know, coming from the world of wrestling and used to you know having people either screaming or booing, you know, at him and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. just really just soaking up all these accolades, and it was just really cool. And now the guy he goes from being one of my least favorite wrestlers now he's a henchman in the next Bond movie. Like holy shit! I know, I know. And what's cool for him too is he's a guy who he even got into wrestling late. I mean, he was in his late thirties, I think, by the time he debuted, if not his forties. And now, really? you know, yeah, and to to be in Guardians of the Galaxy and now the next Bond movie, and I, I, th- I think the guy is, he's crossed over into a new threshold. I mean, will he be as successful as The Rock? 
I don't know, but to be an older guy, an older man now at this point and be having that success is awesome. Like he's kind of, I guess he, you know, put his whole life into it at this point. And this is just like, you know, this is kind of like a prize that he got after all of that. Right. But Batista was smart, much like in the way that Dwayne Johnson was smart. Because when, like, The Rock started out, I mean, of course, yeah, his early movies kind of played up on his wrestling fame. You know, like Scorpion yeah. King and things like that. But, I mean, clearly the guy was far too charismatic to just be the wrestler in this movie. You know, he wasn't going to be like Cody Rhodes in, like, The Marine 2 or whatever the hell. <laughs> oh, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's just like, you know, he's not going to, you know, it's not going to be like a wrestler just doing a movie, Like he's going to really take this. But I think Batista at least was self-aware to know, like, look, I'm not the most, I'm not the strongest actor in the world. So, like, what was the other one he did? Um, I he think did it was like, like Riddick. I think he was in that. Um, oh, he did one of those, uh, what, is, not House of, what am I thinking of? Man of something, I don't know, not Man of Steel, but, um... Oh, I can't name this stupid movie. Who was it? Hold on, help me out here. I could, I could probably figure it out. It's, I don't know, it had something to do with the Wu-Tang Clan, maybe. Oh, you're talking about the, oh, something about the, the man with the iron fist? That's it. Yeah, he was in that one, or the sequel. Yeah, because I know there was a sequel that was on Netflix, which I might have to do for ignoring movies, because it, if it's as over the top as the first movie is, I'm I'm already involved. I'm in. But it's it's interesting to see what wrestlers do and what wrestlers don't take off as actors or what ones have like some great roles that kind of work um to help wrestling like people go hey these guys are actually actors like um I think he's done very well Rock is Rock has done pretty well I mean I'm not a fan of any of the fast movies but I actually what? stopped Yeah I actually stopped watching um probably after the second one and then I try. I watched the fourth, and I was bored to tears. The fourth one is not good. Okay, here's your list. You have to start at the first, just yeah. to kind of. You can kind of skip the fourth one. All the fourth really tells. The fourth you was is, really bad. It's not bad. You know what it was? I, I the thing is, I'm actually doing an episode with somebody, and I think what I kind of figured out with the fourth because I rewatched them all. Yeah. The only reason why the fourth had to happen was to get everybody to forget that Tokyo Drift was the thing. Oh, okay. See, notice how really... I said I watched one and two, and then I watched four. <laughs> yeah, because Tokyo Drift, it was, other than, like, that last scene of the movie. So it was like the Ninja Turtles 3. Yes, you can watch it, but you're not going to enjoy yourself. Right, right. And oh, you're going to get, gonna get uh, Elias Codius, but not the way you want him. Yes, exactly. So, you know, Vin Diesel pops up at, the like, the last, like, frame of the movie, or last couple of shots of Tokyo Drift. And four at this point, they just they knew in their minds that they wanted the series to continue, but people wanted to see Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and you know the principal characters. Right. All they really cared about was getting those people back in the movie. I don't think they really had a plot. <laughs> see, that's how I feel about all of them. But the the um the I think the Rock movie that really kind of turned me off to him for a while because I think he's had some really good ones. But oh, man, I I fell for the first GI Joe. That was garbage. <laughs> yes. So then I said, you know what? I should probably watch this second G.I. Joe because they got they cast a new Cobra. Like, who whose idea was, let's cast Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Cobra Commander? I don't know. And thank God. Thank whatever, He's able to erase that? Yes. That, this man did not ruin his career. Maybe it did. No. I don't know. But he was he was okay after that. 
he had one of those men in black uh, mind erasers for sure. Because nobody rem- – when I bring that up, people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he was Cobra Commander. And the whole movie was bad. And then, you know, so I said, oh, well, they're supposed to be fixing a bunch of stuff. They cast a new Cobra. Destro is supposed to be in the movie. Yeah, for 0.5 seconds. And not, e- not even outside of like a cryogenic chamber. Because, you um, know, that's, that's what you do with Destro. Yes. Commander, let me out. No! And um, that was basically all he had in that movie. And um, the Joes die five minutes in. Sorry, spoilers, because you haven't seen it by now. Too okay, bad. Okay, wait, people have actually. Is there somebody in the left who. Well, I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen that movie. If you haven't seen it, you don't need to. Because everyone's. Duke and all the Joes and Rock, who's Roadblock, who is now the titular character of the G.I. Joe series, apparently. Everyone just dies. Except Rock and, like, three Joes that you know. So, oh, every Joe you ever loved is dead. <laughs> but dead. that was great because at that point when they... When oh, wait, Shani not Tatum, Snake Eyes, though, right? No, of course, Snake Eyes can't die because that's... <laughs> uh, if the, the only problem is Snake Eyes isn't played by somebody who... If The Rock could play Snake Eyes, Snake <laughs> Eyes would be the leader of, of G.I. Joe. Yeah. You know, what's really funny, too, and there's a little side trip from that, before I saw this movie, I got hooked on a show that was on Netflix called G.I. Joe Renegades, because it was so it good. It was really good. And then I saw this movie, and I said, uh, I love G.I. Joe, and they kind of, I mean, it's the same thing as Transformers, which I'm still pissed they didn't call the last one Transformers. They really blew an opportunity on that one. They really did. And, I mean, I, I, I finally watched three, because... After two, I was so pissed off because I went. I thought the first one was good, like it was a and it was an okay, you know, Hasbro toy movie, whatever. Um, and then I saw the second one, and I went to a midnight showing, and I stood outside for hours to get in because my friend had bought us tickets to it, which was nice. But once I saw the movie, I was like, "This is complete dog shit. <laughs> Everything is boring. There are pot jokes in my Transformer movie." I was worried about the Padres. I was just worried about the fact how blatantly racist it was. There, there are dogs fucking in my Transformer movie. Yeah. The third one actually wasn't that bad. Um, if the third... Oh, if, if you think about it, if the third was the second, we'd all kind of be in a slightly better place, but not by much. You know what's funny, though? They tried to make it like... They tried to make... Was it Dark of the Moon? Was that that mm-hmm. one? They tried to make it like um, the Dark Knight of... Transformers movies where it was like three and a half hours but at the end they just kind of they're like oh yeah they're fucking robots because at the end Optimus is just like all right we did it roll out and that's just that's it like there's no fallout like half the town is destroyed there's buildings still falling over he's like we did everybody credits so in other words it's kind of it's so in other words it's more like the man of steel of Transformers movies where you destroy a whole city and they just cut credits that's every Superman thing though like I remember watching um because this kid I used to talk to was a huge, huge Superman fan, and he's like, he was talking about how Superman is, you know, this, um, he's always righteous, and, you know, he's always on the side of good, and he's a Boy Scout, and you get that interpretation a lot. But when he fights Captain Marvel, and they destroy half the fucking town, because Lex Luthor is like, hey, I'm going to use kryptonite to power this generator to save millions of people, and Superman's like, no, you can't do it, because I'm allergic. What? Wait, was that episode, wasn't that episode of, like, Justice League Unlimited? I think so. I think so. I remember the one where he's like Lex Luthor trying to like build the town. He's like, I got this park and everything else. And Superman was so convinced that he was up to something and people thought he was like paranoid. So during his dedication or like um, 
like when they're cutting a ribbon to like this facility, like Superman comes in and just wails on them for like fifteen minutes straight. <laughs> yes, that that was that one. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. He's like, I found a new way to save lives and and you know condense energy, and he's like, but it's kryptonite. I can't have kryptonite. Think. Fucking go somewhere else. You're Superman. <laughs> like clearly, he did not mean this for to be for you. But going back to GI Joe, <laughs> though, holy shit! Like, I'm sorry. No, I'm still. Hold on. I'm, I'm torn between two oh. great things. No, we got to stay with Superman. It's. <laughs> I was gonna say, go chill with Doctor Manhattan somewhere. I'm sure you could find him, and you guys can hang out, build your own world. <laughs> that was a great episode because at the end, once he's done destroying this thing, he's looking. There's all these like families and children staring at him like come up like you know the clown at the birthday party and it gets too drunk they're just looking <laughs> on with the sheer horror of like superman what did you do <laughs> like where are my kids gonna play now <laughs> and then he's like but i'm safe oh thanks thanks for that <laughs> you've taken the needs of one and put them over many I was gonna, well, yeah, I was about to say, isn't that kind of Superman's mantra? Well, lately, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. And in a new movie, uh, he's kind of he's what is it? Is he's like worshipped as a god by half the people, and the other half of people are like, he needs to go because he's not he's not, he ain't from around here. <laughs> we don't want your leftist Superman <laughs> with your Obama cape and your. <laughs> Your leftist yellow sun. <laughs> we don't even believe in the sun. <laughs> well, you, you immigrant, but you're trying to suck up our health care, which we don't even believe in anymore because they don't change that around. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I don't even. Okay, I, I could see. I could honestly see they're mad because he wrecked the town. And I'm sure there are a lot of casualties. That's kind of high on the list of things you shouldn't do. That's kind of high on the list of things Superman tends to do. Right, but I don't get the, like, and I think that's maybe, like, of course, bringing this full circle. I think that's what I don't dig about the latest movies is there's always this weird God complex where it's like, can't he just be a man of types of powers that don't make sense? Man, I feel bad for anyone trying to follow our logic train on this oh, show. Oh, trust me, my show, you've heard some of the old episodes, there's very little of logic train. I know. I, I'll be listening sometimes while I'm doing something else. I'm like, how how did we get? Th- oh, now we're back at the start. Okay. Yeah, maybe that doesn't help everybody else. But I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not even gonna try to edit anything out. I figured I'm gonna let the conversations roll just as they are, and <laughs> hopefully somebody will adhere to that. But we got to talk GI Joe only because I like you watched the first one and complete. Just not even like anger or shock, but just kind of just like oh disgust. Yeah, but that silent disgust where it's like, all right, that's <laughs> the arm cross disgust. Yes. Like, all right, this is this is happening. Really, like everyone around you is like Adrian is clearly not having fun right now. <laughs> I watched it by myself, which is the worst part. I couldn't even like bounce <laughs> off of somebody else and say, "Look at this fucking because, movie." Because you didn't want anyone to know you watched it. No, but then of course it's Xbox Live, and I don't really remember back in the day. Oh. it tells. <laughs> oh, it's Xbox Live. I was gonna say you like go with a red box and you pick up as soon as it comes out of the machine. You run, <laughs> but like I'm wearing a ski no, mask it's... just to complete the transaction. <laughs> <laughs> Please swipe your credit card, and you're wearing a ski mask. <laughs> But that movie, it was just, I couldn't even be mad at it because it was just like, 
it was just so just out of like out of center. Like I don't know what the hell they were thinking. So then when the second one came around, I'm like, okay. I knew just from reading articles that Channing Tatum was barely going to be in a movie, and this is kind of before the time when I kind of kind of warmed up to him. And it was sort of like, all right, he's not going to be in it. Cool. Who do we got? Like The Rock and Bruce Willis. I'm like, holy shit. This is going to be crazy. And it was crazy, but Although, for all the wrong reasons. I think around that same time, actually, I think I went to all bad movies with my ex at that time because I saw that, I saw another movie, and then I saw the um, Die Hard with my baby kid oh, movie, no. which was terrible. Wait, which one? Because the last two had the exact same kind of idea. Oh, not the not Justin Long. Okay. One. Oh, the rush, the one who goes to Russia. Not, not yeah, not Tusk. Oh god, the um, movie was terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, the what what was it? Um, I forget. I could not follow. See, sometimes I watch a movie and I can't follow the plot, and I'm like, am I so dumb that I can't get this? And they're, or is this just very poorly written? And I. I kind of think about it for a second, and I think maybe I'm that dumb, and I'm like, no, no, this is just bad. But here's the yeah. problem. The first G.I. Joe, as bad as it was, you can at least say there was sort of a storyline. The second one, I think they had somehow been so enthralled with the fact that they got The Rock. The Rock. That they couldn't believe that they landed him. And at some point, once they were done cheering, you're like, all right, well, bring me the script. Like, dude, what script? We spent three months cheering that he committed. <laughs> yeah, the script. Bring us a script. What script? We have Zartan. He could transform into anyone. Simple. It's just write an X-Men movie. He's Mystique. And that's just it with the... the... He's, he's male <laughs> Male Mystique. <laughs> that is perfect. That is perfect. I'm like, okay. Like, and it's just funny how, all right, so how do you explain how nobody from the first movie was in this? Oh, just kill him in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't get any of those people back. Oh, well, just kill them. No mention of Marlon Wayans at all. Well, why? No why man- would you bother? Clearly, because the black guy <laughs> didn't matter. No suit. I remember when I saw the trailer for the first one, they had those super suits. I was like, this is not G.I. Joe. <laughs> like, this is somehow worse than G.I. Like- Joe Extreme. I was like, wait, no, this is G.I. Joe, because they're going to market that suit as an extra cost with your action figure. So, yeah, this is G.I. Joe. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but the summer that was supposed to come out was also the same summer that the Avengers was released. Oh, and they delayed it, They delayed it, right? it, and what was their excuse? Something like, oh, we need to add more scenes oh, with Channing Tatum. We need to add more scenes with Channing Tatum, and we're going to put it in that crappy TV uh, 3D that we do in post. That was their excuse. Knowing full well like, that, like, it's now the end of May and Avengers is still the number one movie in America. They're like, oh, shit. Um, I also don't understand it. Like, are people that dumb when they, like, do you really pop down money for a 3D ticket knowing that the film has been done in that post where it just looks like garbage? I try not to, but even in some of the movies that I do like, they still do it. Like, I think the most, um, and I'm not going to get into um, actual spoilers, so... Don't worry about it. You don't have to skip ahead. But Avengers Age of Ultron, from my understanding, I feel like it actually was shot. Certain parts were deliberately in 3D. Like, I don't think it was up-converted. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, I don't mind if it was deliberately shot in 3D, but I, I, I kind of don't like that copy-and-paste 3D thing they do to just 
bump the ticket up to double the right. price. Because then what happens is when you watch that movie at home, because there's times when like the first Thor will be on like FX, and you could tell because mm-hmm. the, the visuals, even on a, like a HD television, are distorted because for whatever reason they can't get rid of like that weird 3D effect where you could definitely tell what scenes are in 3D and which ones aren't. Yeah, yeah, the the resolution just seems yeah, off. Yeah, it's completely just blurry in certain parts of the screen if you're paying attention. It, it, it... So, oh, so I guess the reason I brought up G.I. Joe and his weird mental train has gone off the tracks in so many ways is because, right, see, I hated G.I. the first G.I. Joe movie, and then the second one had all this good news going into it. So I hated the new Ninja Turtles reboot, and the new Ninja Turtles two has so much awesome news and things going right going into it that i'm kind of worried i'm gonna get myself hyped up and it's gonna be terrible well i noticed about you you are a massive casey jones fan for sure and when they said arrows playing casey jones i said i'm fine yeah with i'm that. like holy crap like, he they the really hair, but... cater to the well no that's right he has short hair in this right mm-hmm. then yeah I'm, I'm fine with that but i think he's you know i think he's one of those guys who he does like Regardless of if you watch Arrow or not, I'm sure you probably know, he does, like, great fan service. Like, he really cares about the characters he's portraying, so I'm down with him doing that. That's that's fine. But also, they, um, we'll talk about the first movie in a little bit. Let's talk about the right changes they made okay. real quick. So, so, they cast Stephen Emile as Casey Jones. They said they're going to change the size of the turtles so that they are not gargantuan. Oh, thank Christ. They, yeah, I saw a picture today. They made Megan Fox actually change her look so she doesn't look like Megan Fox in a yellow coat anymore. She looks more like, a little bit more like April O'Neil. I mean, she's a blonde instead of a redhead, but I could deal. And um, they recast the Shredder as a guy who's actually a martial artist this time because they want to get away from the suit, the big Megatron Shredder yeah, suit. That was a, and that's, I, I could not deal with that where it really did look like it was a early concept art of almost a Megatron that they then just refashioned. Yeah, exactly. And um, they also have turned the Foot Clan back into regular ninjas, kind of like the first movies from uh, 89. Which is one of my favorite movies of all that time. That is one of the greatest movies of all time. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you're some cinephile or film critic. No. You're wrong. <laughs> no. This, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Elias Codius is one of the, the... As Casey Jones, one of the greatest portrayals of that character ever. Uh, and one of the greatest portrayals of any character ever. I mean, he was Casey fucking Jones in that movie. Like, to a T. Yeah, and even as a kid, I'm like, they got it right. I'm like six years old. Like, the hell do I care? Yeah. And and the technology was you know not as advanced as today, but I felt that this the last movie fell short because um, there were a couple of things like we talked about Megatron Shredder, but I felt like the turtles had no individual personalities in this new movie. Well, they like, did. I felt, I felt like there was no there well, was. Hold on. Well, there was, but it wasn't like there was there was personality, but I guess it was from people who figured kind of like in that way, like that art by committee thing, where it was clearly done by someone who. Had no idea what a teenager circa 2014 would be into. I, I I guess I could see that, but it was just like, you know, Donatello, basic archetype, nerd. You know, yeah. like Michelangelo, stupid. Leonardo, leader. Raph, angry. And those were the only character traits they had. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like they were the Ninja Turtles. I, I felt like they were very like 
<laughs> empty shells. <laughs> um, but like they they did, and the and the the look didn't work for me, and the fact that they were gargantuan didn't work, and uh, like Shreddertron, and then the bad the the villain was so confusing because it was like. Um, the guy who you thought was the shredder, but he wasn't the shredder. He his sensei was the shredder, and he was somehow he killed April's dad, and there was all this weird involvement. They were her turtles. There was just so much to it that um really didn't make much sense. Like I, it's it's also bad because at the same time I had been and still I am watching the Nickelodeon reboot, which I love. It's a really good show. Yeah, it's it's a very very good show and. It's like you see this movie in comparison to that, and you go, wait, people actually paid to see this? But that movie was completely, in like, it was textbook case of what's wrong with certain comic book movies recently, where, and and it's funny because, and I hate to, like, I, of course I am a fanboy, but I'm not trying to, you know, overly bump them up, but the reason why I keep bringing up the Marvel movies is, you know, the characters, for the most part, just kind of exist. Like, by the time you get to Guardians of the Galaxy, you don't really question how the hell is this raccoon able to talk. Or how is this, right. you know, tree able to do all this stuff. Like, you just accept it for what it is. But I think there's a right. certain sect of filmmakers or studios. And I'm not even just, not even just at DC, because, you know, even, like, let's say, the even the reboot of Spider-Man had this problem, too, where... They can't just leave it where you just accept this thing for what it is. It has to tie in... <laughs> To like, it couldn't be enough for like Sandman and Spider Man Three to just be a common criminal. They for some reason have to have everything tie in. Oh, it was way, way, way too uh, sympathetic Sandman, where it was just like you, you, you couldn't hate him, and they're like, "But he's a villain. You have to hate him, but you can't hate him because he's doing it for his daughter." But then he killed Uncle Ben. You know what I mean? Like every like, so yeah. Unfortunately- oh yeah, they retconned yeah. that. I forgot. Which, again, when you're creating a character, and this is what killed me with the first Ninja Turtles reboot, is you didn't, like, it was perfectly fine to have, and it's not that, oh, they didn't do it like they did. Are we talking about the the first reboot as in the CG one they didn't make another one after, or the first one as in the Michael, the Michael Bay, Bay one? Michael Bay one. I'll put it that okay. way, because the, the CGI one, I think, actually does tie in as something of a continuation of, like, the original series. Yeah, there's... There's even nods to one, two, and three, especially the very Correct. end. So, like with this, the let's say like the Michael Bay one because he did produce those movies. He like, yeah. There was no reason why the turtles had to be on like the whole thing with the villain. Like I, you know, didn't have to be you know related to April O'Neil. You know her backstory. The turtles could have easily just been turtles in a pet store. But I guess they figured well, the odds of getting toxic waste dumped into a sewer would kind of be a little. Which I'm surprised they didn't just go with that, considering how movies kind of had that weird sort of environmentalist been to them. Yeah, I, I kind of would have questioned that less, but it's just it's the same as the end where you know they're they're going to release this cloud of mutagen on everyone, right? I think that was like the whole right. Big it wasn't thing. That the plot of the um, first Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> it it was, but it's kind of funny that like at least the lizard had a re- because he was already mutated. Shredder, like, had no defense against that, right? Like, he was just going to get mutated like everybody else. I'd imagine... So why did he even care? Yeah, that's kind of it. And, like, I think maybe that was the issue with that movie. He kind of didn't need a Shredder. 
wait, no, they had a cure, I think. It was him and the other guy had a cure already, and they were going to make people pay for the cure. Okay, never mind. So, in other words, they just took the plot of every other movie that came out last. <laughs> yes. It was every other action movie, but a little bit of Amazing Spider-Man. By the way, can we, can we transition into how horrible Amazing Spider-Man 2 was? I... I can't, alright, I'm gonna say this, like, way back when Adrian and Atlas have issues, when we did the review of The Amazing Spider-Man, I don't remember all my, but I do remember actually enjoying the movie for being completely stupid. One or two. two. Like, it was one of the worst, okay, from just sheer filmmaking and writing, personally, I thought it was one of the worst movies ever made, but I, but god damn it, I enjoyed it. uh... The opening five minutes of that movie where he's chasing before Rhino is Rhino, um, I thought all of that was well done and well written and well acted. And it was funny and where it needed to be and it was serious where it needed to be. And then after that, everything just kind of took this like step back. Like I felt like um, Electro was like the origin of the Riddler in Batman Forever. Like that's kind of how he felt to me. It was like this way quirky out there character, which... I accept Batman Forever for what it was, so I have no problem with that. But the Spider-Man universe kind of like changed, and then there's this this nerdy guy who's like, "Spider-Man, talk to me once." Oh, I'm his best friend, and then he just falls into the electrical eels conveniently by trying to fix wiring. Uh, I I still um, try to defend that movie though, but I don't I don't know. I, like I go back and forth with it. Like I like things about the movie, but I don't like the the. How can I say this? The action set pieces I thought were very well done, but mm-hmm. you can tell. And this is probably maybe the worst thing about the movie, and I understand why people say it sucks because you can actually see on screen where the writers struggled. You can, and I mean, I liked the. There were good things in that. Movie. I liked the thought of using the because uh, I'm not a dubstep person, but I liked the thoughts of using that music to kind of correlate with Electro's powers. I thought that was cool. Um, that said, as someone who is a big fan of the Infamous game series, I felt like this was a total ripoff of Infamous. Holy like, shit, you're right. <laughs> like the whole time, like Holy this is shit, just Cole. Right. It's Cole, and he's got his evil powers. Which is funny because I think if I, you know, someone will probably correct me about this online, but I guess they were going more towards the ultimate electro. But again, this is kind of the problem of why going the hyper-realistic route in your superhero movie almost doesn't need to happen because there are some characters who just, you can't reason away. Like, it could have just been he's an electrician, he gets zapped, and of course with the whole Oscorp thing where they're doing all this experimentation, it could have just been, man, I'm just working on something one day, oh, I'm electric. And because he's got, like, these now weird powers that of course are working with them, you know... He's trying to function, but he can't function because he's like this freak of nature, and that's kind of what makes him angry. I think the thing that kind of got me angry, too, is they they were trying to set up a Sinister Six movie, but they, they were trying to do it in a two-hour movie. And it was just like, you know, when Goblin's crawling to his suit, you just see, like, Doc Ock's suit and Vulture suit and... Like, everything's already... Th- they're just like, oh, we just made these suits that are, like, animal archetypes just in case. You know, just in case. It's not like Doc Ock invented his own suit. Right. I was just kind of taking... I don't understand it. Because, uh, yeah, as soon as they showed... You know, I could have bought, like, Vulture. Okay, Rhino, because Rhino got the suit from him. But then when they showed Doc Ock, I'm like, no. No, that doesn't work. Doc, He's Dr. Octopus for a reason. Um, 
But I think another reason I hated this movie was because I did a double feature that day. And before I had two movies to okay. see. It was X-Men Days of Future Past, which I loved. Mm. And I saw first. And then I saw Spider-Man 2. And that was the problem, I think. See, when I saw Days of Future Past, I saw that first. And I watched it. I enjoyed it. But unfortunately, like, I guess... And I actually had this discussion. Um, I did a guest spot on a friend of mine's podcast. And I'm too involved with the X-Men in terms of my fandom to ever look at a movie objectively. You know... I can understand that because up until First Class and Days of Future Past, I was never <clears throat> excuse me, I was never a fan of the X Men movies, especially um, what was three was terrible. I didn't think one and two were that good, but I loved the two newer films. But I didn't even really care for the Wolverine movies. Yeah, I mean, the second one's much better, but not by a whole lot. It's. It's still. I remember you gave me um, probably about a forty-five-minute review of the Wolverine, oh. and I was like, I don't think I need to see. Yeah, this. I was very then, like, uh, I wasn't angry about it, but I really tore that movie apart. You, you did, you did, and uh, I finally saw it. And then as, as things happened in the movie, I remembered you telling me about them. And then I got to the end of the movie, and I was like, you know, I, I don't need to see another Wolverine movie. And then they made Days of Future Past, and I was like, this is the best Wolverine movie because it's not called the Wolverine movie. <laughs> Um, but that that all said, Quicksilver scene was excellent. See, the Quicksilver scene was, that was great, probably my but then, scene. like, I feel he was very inessential to that plot. Yeah, I, I was expecting more after that. I was kind of sad they just kind of dropped it very quick. But I feel like that character in both Age of Ultron and Days of Future Past, because both companies could use him, they did, but I don't think there was much they, of a plan yeah. other than... Other than just the fact that since he's a character in both universes, like in both teams, they were able to use him, so they kind of didn't really put much thought into. Because I'm still trying to figure out how the hell Magneto, but that's a different story. I'm still trying to figure out how Magneto is <laughs> able to, like, he lives to a baseball field and yet can't pull down like this facility around him, even though surrounded by concrete. You're thinking I know, way and that's too my much. problem with the X Men movies. <laughs> that. You know, that that was becoming, um, when I was, I don't know, do you watch The Flash or do you watch any I of the DC shows? maybe like the first four or five episodes of The Flash and then, not that it was bad or anything, I just forgot that it was coming on. <laughs> oh, see, I watched the first probably ten episodes of The Flash and didn't like it. And I was like, I don't know why I'm still watching this. And then it just, all the stuff from the beginning now makes sense because they've done the whole story arc with Dr. Wells, which is actually really, really good. It just took so long to start, and I think it's because I've watched Arrow for three seasons now, and it's so far in, so every week I'm watching it, it's all this stuff has already been built up in my mind, whereas Flash is just starting out, and I'm like, oh, I forgot the slow journey, but I think I had the same slow journey with Arrow anyway, right. although maybe not so much, because by the time I was watching Arrow, it was on Netflix. And I guess that's kind of the point where... As we're now getting into the fact that, okay, we're clearly we're at this point where you can make comic book movies and just make them as is. You don't really have to go too far to over-explain how certain things work. And I think that's kind of my issue with some of like the recent reboots of some series where it's okay. I think for the most part, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, you give a little bit of a backstory if you have to. You absolutely have to. You can't 
just throw things in without any sort of knowledge, but they don't need to be, you know, it, the origins don't have to be so elaborate. Like, you can... Yeah. No one's going to worry the fact that, you know, because no one worried back in 1989 when it's like, oh, shit, like, this toxic waste is falling story, these turtles are crawling in it. You know, no one really asked where the turtles <laughs> oh. came from or why this rat was new martial arts when he clearly wasn't even mutated. You didn't ask these questions. Sometimes it's just better to have them left unsaid. But that, yeah, now you kind of need them. I mean, and I think, you know, I give DC a lot of credit because I think their, um, their TV universe is doing yes, quite I well. Yes, I agree with that. Well, Gotham, and, uh, understanding. It's, oh, oh, I forgot about Gotham. Um, because I stopped watching it. It went on hiatus, and I went on hiatus from the show permanently. <laughs> um, because I was just like, oh, so Penguin is Dexter, and what else is happening? And that was kind of, you know, I, I, I just felt like... Th- they also beat you over the head with, hey, I'm the Riddler. Hey, I'm going to be the Riddler. Do you guys know I'm going to be the Riddler? Do you really know? Do you, do you get it? <laughs> um, it's like every episode, or or, you know... Certain certain niches, they're like they they were beating you over the head with every single reference possible. Of, oh, this is Batman as a kid. This is Batman. So all these other people are you're not gonna know them yet, but here's who they're gonna be. And I I don't really want to watch Muppet Baby Batman. Like that's kind of what it's CSI Muppet Baby Batman. <laughs> or like Law and Order Muppet Baby Batman. Which is a great episode title, um, but yeah, I, I, I fell off with Gotham really quick because it felt like you know we they can't pull the and inevitably they can't pull the trigger on the show and you know have Batman just start on the show because that's not what the show is about. So it can only go so long. It has a limited lifespan, and I just I don't think I'm going to find it all that interesting. Uh, Constantine, I was loving, but they canceled it apparently. Really? Yeah, they uh, well. I heard there was talk on of bringing it onto sci-fi as Hellraiser, but they would carry over the same cast and everything. But I don't know if that's actually happened. But I thought Constantine was really good, and they were just like, uh, no, we're just not going to give that a chance. But you know what, That show was like, what, airing on Friday nights, which is kind of like a graveyard for TV shows? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was one of those shows that they... I, well, see, that's the thing, too, that I don't get anymore. Since I don't have cable, I watch Hulu, I watch Netflix, I watch WWE Network. So when something's on Hulu, I get it the day later. So I'll just let it sit in the queue until I'm ready to watch it. So it doesn't even dawn on me what network something's on anymore, what time it's on. So I, I guess that's kind of lost on me of whether or not people are watching it on TV anymore. <laughs> um, but that, that said, too, speaking of Netflix... I really want to talk a bit about Daredevil. Yeah, we got to get into this a little bit before we uh, close out because I'm still, I've seen, it's been a month since that show came out and I'm still kind of like completely just blown away. Really? It's well, been a r- month? roughly, because it came out, I think it premiered like April 10th. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, I started watching it and the, in the first five minutes I said, wow, the guys from Arrow could sure learn a lot about fight scenes from this. And not that their fight scenes are bad, they're good, but these these were incredible fight scenes, I thought. Like they and they didn't do much panning and changing the camera angles. It's very great. Yes, but very, co- very like great. Done correctly. Right. And um I I just got to say that, you know, I uh the my last 
introduction to the Kingpin was the Daredevil. Now, here's the thing about the Daredevil movie. There's two versions of that movie. Agreed? There's the version that went to theaters, which we don't acknowledge. And then there's the director's cut, which was actually pretty good. It wasn't bad. Now, I mean, am I sold on a movie? Not necessarily, like, one over. Right. But if this were the version that came out, maybe my opinion would have changed a little bit. Right, right. And uh, that's how I feel. Like, I... The first one I saw was the director's cut, and then I watched the other one, and I was like, there's no plot here. And then I realized that the plot, the center of that movie, is Coolio. Coolio is the center of that movie. <laughs> That's, you know what, I laugh, but you know what, holy shit, I think you're actually onto something. You, you might be, no, you, <laughs> you're definitely right, because, yeah, he had a much bigger role in that movie. Right, and the whole thing was about how, um, how Wesley framed him. So so my introduction to the Kingpin as far as not watching – well, having watched Fox Animated and seeing, of course, the Kingpin on that show, suddenly I'm introduced to Black Kingpin. And I'm like, you know, this kind of works. And then MTV did the Spider-Man series where they did Black Kingpin. And I said, this still kind of works. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan actually was pretty – wasn't bad. I mean, you kind of – like, I can get it. He's – you could tell the guy looked like an absolute sweetheart. Like, I mean, I can't really see him as being completely ruthless. But, I mean, he did. He was a great actor. I think he kind of, he sold it a little bit. But, he w- but unfortunately, he was not written like this kingpin. This was, wow, deep. But it wasn't like Sandman where you're like, feel sorry for him, feel sorry for him. You're like, wow, something is just, just deeply fucked up about this man. But I kind of did feel sorry for him. Which, oh, by the way, spoilers, I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. I kind of did because you get the impression that, obviously, given his childhood trauma, you know, it shouldn't have, maybe someone could have got this kid some help before he went over the edge. But you see now that there was motivation behind the villainy. It's not just, oh, look at me, I'm rich, let me just do bad things. Right. It clearly came from a specific right. place. Right, and and I think he played that character fantastically. By the way, spoilers, which which I actually I actually announced on my podcast Club K Fabe cheap plug um, about a week ago. Uh, in case you didn't know this, you might want to cover your ears. You might want to skip ahead a few seconds. This is a big time spoiler for the show, and you actually don't find out till the last episode. Daredevil's fucking blind, y'all. Can you imagine, <laughs> like, if they <laughs> can you imagine if they just no sold it the entire time, and at the end they're like. Oh, yeah, and he's blind. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Now i got to go back and rewatch the whole run. Like, he's blind, dude. I, just... I know, right? It just blows your mind to know that he's been blind since the very beginning. <laughs> um, Let alone the fact that it's like the first scene of the first episode. You know, he has that mask that covers his eyes, and you're like, he probably see through that. Yeah, why not? But it's, it's, the show is, I love it, not even just for what it is, I love it for what it kind of represents. Kind of that thing that we were hoping for in terms of comic book movies or TV shows where it, you know, it, it obviously builds a case for having well-rounded characters. Right, it, it feels to me, and I mean, if you like this show, I'm sorry, but it feels like Marvel picking up the slack where they kind of made this cheesy show with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. At least the last time I had watched it, it was very Season cheesy. Season 2, I haven't really watched all of it, but it's gotten a little bit better. But, I mean, it's still network television. 
you can't completely right. erase it, but they have at least learned something of a lesson. Which is funny, by the way, at the end of a Daredevil episode, when you see the ABC logo come up, and you're like, that's yeah, not like, right. Clearly, I think that's just in terms of ownership. Like, I don't think they've even seen the yeah. episodes of the show. <laughs> I don't think they've seen a man get his head smashed in with a uh, car and door. I'm still, like, everybody talks about that scene, and then, of course, the fight in episode two. And the car door scene now, I'm rarely shocked by a lot of stuff I see like on a TV show. But I'm thinking, so this is Daredevil, this is Marvel. We know how Marvel is. They they rarely go this far. But I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it could happen or not in real life, you don't care. But it's just, like, this does that, that happen? I have to process that for a minute. I, I also like how they, they wrote this series, first of all, knowing that they had something, and secondly, knowing they were going to get renewed for a second season, because the whole one of the big points, at least for Matt Murdock, this whole season was eventually had to change his outfit and got the Daredevil suit. And they did they did a spectacular job of building that all the way to the last episode before finally delivering. And now you're like, wow, I can't wait for season two. And he's going to have the suit all the time now. And it looked good. It looked great. I mean, I I guess I'm a traditionalist, and yeah, you kind of want to see him in the old school red costume, but again, this is a slightly more, but not completely realistic, but it's a lot more practical, I should say. And how the suit came about was really cool. Oh, and <laughs> the one scene, and this, this is, no, serious spoilers, not Daredevil's blind spoilers. Um, the one scene that literally shocked the crap out of me is when Wesley has yes. Karen with a gun and he goes, do you think I'd honestly give you a loaded gun? I'm like, yeah, he's never that fuck. Boom, 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 boom. What? what, what? And then the episode ends with his phone ring. It was just I brilliant. was just like, I was kind of, I was scared and not for Karen. I was scared for Wesley. <laughs> Cause I Me guess whole, like, first off, Wesley really is, um, I can't remember the name of the actor who played him off the top of my head. Um, but he, we got, to me, it was far more frightening than the Kingpin. Right, because he was so well-spoken, uh, he was so together, and he just dispatched you know, dispatch of things and kind of wiped his hands yeah, on it. Yeah, and it's just that whole time, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, You don't know if he's going to like torture her hardcore, or is he just going to kill her, or is he just going to play mind games with her? Yeah, he was kind of like Gus Fring creepy. <laughs> nice reference. Right? And, and the thing is, I didn't expect him to die, because I kind of thought the whole thing with Wesley was... Clearly, the whole show could. It was less about Daredevil than it was, of course, this power struggle in Hell's Kitchen or New York in general. Like, you got right. the Kingpin off, you know, he's got his ideas. They have Madame Gao, and you have Leland. You have all these different people who they have different ambitions and what they kind of want to do. And I thought the basis of the show was going to be that, that this sort of almost cold war in, in New York of, you know, this balance of power. I kind of thought Wesley, of course, was was this way because at the end of the day, he himself had ambitions of what he wanted to do. And I was kind of expecting right. maybe in season two, he'd then kind of pull a kingpin sort of, not kingpin, um, penguin kind of thing and maybe use that. And come right. out on his own. But Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I love that speech, though, that he gave to her. And uh, he's like, I don't see what he sees in this town. I hate this town. And he goes on like, you know, from the smell of the people to just like the look of the streets. He's like, I don't understand why he wants to save this town, but I am here to do a job. And it was just such a, 
You know what that reminded me of? That reminded like, me a lot of the speech that um, Smith gave um, Morpheus in the first Matrix, where you're expecting him to give that speech about, I, you know, I want to run things and blah, 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 I'm a villain. And he literally just turns to him and he's like, takes the earpiece out and he's like, I fucking hate this thing. Like, any, any way I can get out of here, I'm going to do that. And that's really the only reason why I'm even fucking with you in the first place. Is I just need a, I just need a way out. And it was such a crazy, like, twist for a villain because you, you always see villains being like this, I want to run the world, and it's like, no, I just kind of want to, it's like, look, I'm getting paid right. right now. Yeah, this is a job. I'm doing it to make money. I don't have personal feelings for any of you. Well, he, he did have personal feelings for the kingpin. <laughs> oh, you think like? Oh, you think it was deeper than just friendship? Or no, I think it was. Well, I think it was like almost like they were brothers. You know, like I, that's how I because when he died and kingpin was like he was my friend and beats the ever loving shit out yeah, of yeah because in a way and that's what's great about this like there's even depth there where he's less of a yes man and because of course this guy rarely has few friends. He has business right. associates, he has, you know, people he's, of course, running, you know, you know, running around, but he doesn't have much in the way of a companion. And, of course, there's Vanessa, whom, of course, when that goes down, more spoilers, you know, it how much it hurt. And then, of course, when Leo, like, not Leland, when Wesley goes, it's like, now you see why this guy just goes completely insane. Because every yeah. bit of oh, normalcy man. he can get a hold of is constantly taken away from him. That scene, too, with uh, Leland was, like, so telegraphed, too. You're like... He's like, does anyone want a drink? And you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, oh, man, I can't wait for season two. But now there's rumors of possibly um, the Punisher being a part of the phase two of the Netflix series. Um, I'm okay yeah, with Yeah, because, of course, they have the rights to the Punisher, Blade, and Ghost Rider back. Really? Wait, so Marvel didn't ha- Who had Ghost Rider that made that um, terrible movie? I thought it was, it was a Marvel I mean, movie. Marvel had it, but they weren't the distributors. Oh, okay. See, I would like to see a Ghost Rider series without Nick Cage. Uh, that would read, be cool. Have you read All New Ghost Rider, like the current run? No, I, I can't tell you the last time I read any current comics. I, I think you didn't, well, I'm not sure if you'd enjoy it, but they kind of took some liberties with the character where, um, what is the kid's name? Um, shoot, I can't remember the name of the kid, but he's like this uh, teenage Latino kid, and I think he's like East LA, and you know, he's got like a brother who's wheelchair bound, and Kind of like, I don't think he's really special needs, but I mean, he is, like, he's confined to the wheelchair, and, you know, he's got a, he's, he's, you know, protective of his brother, who, of course, looks up to him, you know, and they're in this area where they're constantly dealing with, like, you know, gangs and crime and just, you know, people just stick up kids kind of thing. And, you know, but mm-hmm. at night, you know, he's got this muscle car, because they swapped out the chain and the bike for, or the, he still has a chain, but he doesn't drive a bike, he drives a mus- bike, he drives a muscle car. And, you know, he'll do, like, you know, underground street races. It's basically Fast and Furious meets Ghost Rider. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this. By the way, I never saw Spirit of Vengeance. You need to, you have to because you're, you're never going to understand how just batshit insane it is. Because it's made by the guys who did Crank. <laughs> Isn't Idris yes. Alba in it? Oh, then I probably should see it. Just because I, I yeah, just you have to see it. it just as is. You can't come up with any sort of preconceived notions because it doesn't flow like a movie so, does. So when are they just going to go? Okay, Idris Alba, you're Blade. Let's go. I was going to do that. I said that, and everybody's like, "No, we shouldn't be Blade." But how great would it be if they do to Blade what they're doing to Batman, where throw him on a series and he's done TV before? Because Luther is amazing, right? Make him like an older blade. Like, of course, this is long after Whistler's dead. He's jumped from place to place. He's a little bit older, but he's kind of like, 
married to this right. vampire slang thing and just he's even he's even faced triple h vampire from that one movie <laughs> jarko grimwood and yeah like they should totally and if anything else bring back the uh the night stalkers as you know supporting characters yeah why not i i think that you know i think they have a lot they could do here with this netflix thing um but the punisher for sure and you know i saw someone say bring back tom jane which i wouldn't mind but as long as they as long as they don't go a direction they went with Warzone, I think I'll be and that's okay. That's the thing. They can't the Punisher, if it's anything like Punisher Max, where yes, it was a hyper violent series, but it was less of mm-hmm. him running and shooting than it was him really just of course, you know, playing against the mob, kind of being like deep cover. Just like and that's why I think the Thomas Jane movie was so great because that's kind of what the Punisher does. You know, he can go in and kill everybody, right. but it's it was so much more, you know, it was of course the punishment of really just having this crime family just fold on itself. Right, and it was it was um completely worked out. Like the in the in the Warzone movie, he just walked into places and kicked people's heads off and shot people in the face and shot a guy in the toilet. And I was just like this movie is, you know, there's there's some really violent scenes, but there's nothing really to it. There's no plot, there's no depth. And meanwhile, that Tom Jane movie, especially a director's cut yeah. too. I you probably seen oh, that, yeah. right? Where he he makes the guy play Russian roulette, his friend who gave him up. Uh, I thought that was such a great oh, scene because great. it's like, you know, right, because the Punisher isn't just, you know, this do-gooder. He's, he's an anti-hero. He's a vigilante. And that scene, like putting that in there shows like, you know, that guy deserved to be punished as well in his eyes. So he was punished. Right. And of course, if he kills him outright, they don't really learn anything. Man, so much wrestling in this show because Kevin Nash was in Wait, that was movie. Wait, was he? Kevin Nash was the Russian. No way. Are you kidding me? I've seen that movie yeah. like a bajillion, like I've never put two and two together. That's Kevin Nash. And the funny thing about that is um when he was on the set, one of the takes, someone accidentally replaced the um retractable knife with a real knife. Tom Shane stabbed him in the arm. <laughs> Please tell me that was a take they used. I don't know. I don't know. I have to watch the movie again Holy to make shit. sure. I hope it's still. I hope it's either. I, I don't know why I don't own that on DVD, but that's. I, you know, I I have I had the director's cut on Blu-ray, and then I sold it because I wanted to upgrade to blue uh, or on DVD, and then I wanted to upgrade to Blu-ray, but the director's cut is not available on, blu- really? on Blu-ray. Sadly, wow, that's yeah, not, that's stupid. Yeah, it's just like it's as elusive as Mallrats, which I haven't been able to find on DVD. Uh, I actually on have yet. found it through Amazon. It was really? the uh, the 10th I, anniversary one. Oh wow! Yeah, because I I bought there was a Kevin Smith Blu-ray set, and it was Clerks chasing Amy and Dogma. Yeah, because they I were all say. from Miramax. Because Mallrats, I think, was Universal. Yeah, and um and all the other ones. I mean, I have I, the only one I don't have currently is Tusk. And, uh, well, and more as I have on DVD, I want to upgrade to Blu-ray. Yeah, um, it's not, I don't forget what it's called, but it's like the, the packaging was weird. It was like some universal high school collection kind of thing. Like they did 16 candles. It's got like a weird title on yeah, the yeah. sleeve, but the rest of the Blu-ray, it's mall rest through and through, but it's a conversion of the 10th anniversary DVD. Yeah. Cause I, I think the Blu-ray of Clerks is the same way where it's Clerks X, but right. on Blu-ray. But yeah, man. Oh, shit. I feel like we barely even got a told, hold on anything. But Pat, dude, it's been awesome. Thank you. Definitely. This has been a fun show. We could probably, technically, I think we probably could have gone another like two hours. Well, we might, though. But, you know, we'll, we'll, 
I like I, I try to condense it, but again, worst case scenario, I can always just make it as bonus content because there's a few things I still want to cover with you. But before we go, I'm all about the shameless promotion. Where can people find you or your podcast online if they so wish? So the easiest way is to search Club Kayfabe. We will come up. You, we have our official page. There's also a group you could join where all the wrestling discussions happen throughout the week. We also play a game called Points or Buried. We're basically, have you ever seen a show yes. at midnight? Okay, it's kind of like at midnight where we come up with a topic and we have all of our listeners submit ideas and myself and Dan Peck will then decide if you get points or if you're buried or because now we have a character, we have we have Stone Fold Steve Austin on the show because Chris made a mistake and called him Stone Fold. <laughs> so we talk about, so Stone Fold loves to fold laundry and he reads the dryer sheets instead of the dirt sheets and uh, all those sorts of things. So sometimes you will not get buried. You will get folded by Stonefold, which is even worse. But um, it's a lot of fun. We take listener um, questions, requests. Actually, this week we're doing our 100th episode, um, and we're doing an Ask Me Anything show. So if you join the forum and you want to submit questions for us, even if you don't know us very well, you know, submit some new questions. Enjoy the show. We're going to have a bunch of previous guests on the show this week, all friends from either the wrestling industry, um, fans online. We have about three guests planned, and um, it's going to be a fun time. So episode 100, and then two weeks after that, because we poorly planned it, is our uh, two-year anniversary of the show. So it's a 100th episode, then two more weeks, two-year anniversary. Congratulations, because that's... That's it's kind of a long time in podcast time. It really is, and it's it's one of those things too. I mean, I'm I'm sure you you get this too, where you just you start doing it, and then at first you're like, ah, you know, five episodes, whatever, and then suddenly you're like, wow, I've got like thirty episodes of back catalog that I could save, and I could always send to somebody if someone's like, hey, have you ever done any radio? Blah blah blah. You know, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm a communications major, so I, I like to store all this stuff, and I've been on previous podcasts before. Um, if you ever want to look up Roundtable Wrestling Radio, I did some interviews with Diamond Dallas Page, New Jack, um, Shane Douglas, uh, Ernest the Cat Miller. Um, there were a couple of Tully Blanchard. Um, but yeah, there were, there were a lot of great interviews I got to do with people there, and I'm not part of that show any longer. I went to start Club Kayfabe. And look out for my dedicated podcast coming out soon. So I'm going to keep putting out content, and I hope everybody enjoys awesome, it. Awesome, man. Pat, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And that'll do it uh, for another exciting, randomly awesome episode. And we will see you next issue. 